Why is God so angry? Isn't the Bible full of contradictions? How could God allow so much evil? Science disproves the Bible. How can the Bible say the earth was created in six days? How can the Bible say the earth was created in six days? Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another week of The Dailies. Uh, we left off on Friday uh, talking about this God named Baal and how we can all fall into idolatry if we're not careful. Uh, and today we're picking up the story of Elijah. Uh, and Elijah was uh, one of the most powerful prophets uh, of the Old Testament. In fact, probably the most powerful prophet within the Old Testament. And his confrontation with the God uh, Baal. Uh, but in James chapter 5, verse 17, it says this, although Elijah was this incredible prophet, James says, Elijah was a human being, just as we are. Now, he appeared at the transfiguration of Jesus along with Moses. And uh, yeah, I mean, he was revered throughout all of uh, Israel, uh, both while he was alive and, and after he died. But you know, this great man of God went through many ups and downs. Uh, he was fearless uh, in 1 Kings chapter 18 and with this showdown with the prophets of Baal. Uh, the Bible says in verse 15 of 1 Kings 18, Elijah said, I swear by the Lord Almighty in whose presence I stand that I will present myself to King Ahab this very day. Uh, and that doesn't sound like much except that King Ahab was hunting all over the nation for him and if they found Elijah, they wanted him brought to Ahab so Ahab could personally kill him. And this had been going on for years. And so the Bible says in the next verse that uh, the prophet Obadiah went to tell Ahab that Elijah had come and Ahab came out to meet him. And in verse 17, when Ahab, that is King Ahab, saw him, he exclaimed, So is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? And Elijah responded, I have made no trouble for Israel. You and your family are the troublemakers. For you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the images of Baal instead. And so now summon all of Israel, the entire nation, he's saying, to join me at Mount Carmel, along with your 450 prophets that lead you in the worship of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, which are the other God, who are supported by your wife Jezebel. And so Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and these prophets to Mount Carmel. And then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you all waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. So he's standing in front of thousands, probably tens of thousands, maybe several hundred thousand people, fearless as God uses him. And yet, after an incredible victory over these same people that happens later in the chapter, and I really want you to read that chapter, 1 Kings 18, where you see this amazing and glorious victory that God provided, uh, he becomes very fearful. In verse uh, 1 of chapter 19, it says that when Ahab got home from this uh, confrontation where Elijah had completely destroyed Baal and all the prophets, he told his wife Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all of the prophets of Baal. And so Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you have killed them. And so Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. He went down to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. And then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. And he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. He was fearful 
after being fearless, he was completely fearful. He was fearful to the point of, of being suicidal, just wanting his life to be over. He, James said, he's a man just like us, and it's true. He's a human being with all of those emotions. And we have many emotions in life, don't we? There have been times that I have felt uh, completely invincible uh, as I've followed Jesus. There have been other times I've been just fearful and intimidated and not wanting to go on even anymore. We have wonderful emotions. We have awful ones. But here's the truth. The Bible says that God shares all of what we go through. And I believe that's true, uh, except for one emotion. God shares all of our emotions, except one, and that is fear. See, I don't believe the Lord is ever afraid. He does not fear anyone. He does not fear anything. Uh, there are many things that make us afraid. Think about things that might make you afraid today. Maybe some of you are afraid over your health, uh, of sickness. Maybe you have, or someone you know has, has cancer or a terminal disease or a life-threatening illness. We've just come through COVID. Think of all the anxiety that we've gone through. Uh, relationships. Uh, we are concerned and fearful in our relationships. We, we uh, have in our marriages divorce and, and abuse in, in our families and, and rejection by friends and others. We feel judged by people. Uh, we have this, uh, this whole issue of racism going on right now that is in the news every day within our country. There are other people that uh, very much are concerned about uh, whether they're going to have enough to eat and, and live on. And maybe you're struggling with your finances and with how am I going to make it through this month? And of course, some people in the world are mistreated because they simply love Jesus and they're fearful. I get a magazine delivered to me every month by someone in our congregation uh, and it's called The Voice of the Martyrs Canada. Uh, it's a magazine that talks about what is going on throughout the world for people who love Jesus but are persecuted heavily for it. And there was an article just this month about uh, 13 widows of pastors in India. The pastors had all been killed uh, and a number of other Christians had been thrown in jail for over a decade simply because they love Jesus in a predominantly Hindu country. There was another article about a pastor who was kidnapped in Bangladesh and they would release him and his daughter who was also kidnapped with him only if they denied their faith in Jesus. And so there are times for us to be genuinely scared. But God is not fearful. God has created all things and he is the ultimate authority of all things. There is no reason for him to be afraid. In fact, Jesus said this, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me in Matthew 28. And yet also in John 16, he said, in the world you will have trouble, but listen to this, take heart because I have overcome the world. We see Jesus uh, in agony in the garden, uh, but we don't really see him in fear. We simply see him wrestling with what God is asking him to do. Uh, but Jesus never showed fear. Uh, why would he? He is God, and there's nothing that God is afraid of. Even the greatest evil in the world is no match for the living God. He has nothing to fear. And 2 Timothy it tells us also not to be afraid. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. And so if you are feeling fearful today, pick up on that promise that, that uh, Paul writes about. He says, God has not given us that spirit. The spirit of fear is not from God but rather God gives us power and love and self-discipline. Here's the truth. God is sovereign. He is the creator of everything. There is nothing in all of creation that is not under his ultimate 
authority. And though this world is full of evil, and yes, we will be subject to it, and sometimes we will even perpetrate it when we're not following God well, it will be judged. God will judge all evil and all brokenness thoroughly and justly in his perfect time. And, you know, to remind us of this, there are times in the past and today when his judgment actually is on full display. And to take you back to 1 Kings chapter 18, we find that Elijah uh, and uh, him all by himself against the king of the nation, tens of thousands of people, the, the prophets of Baal and the other prophets of a sister god, Asherah, they have a showdown. And without going into the whole thing, uh, God completely defeats all of those prophets, all of those false gods. And the people have no response uh, left to give except to proclaim out loud, the Lord, he is God. And it's true, isn't it? It's true. Um, after that, as I said, Elijah becomes very fearful. And he uh, goes to a cave 40 days journey away. And God places him there, directs him there. And then God comes and greets him. And you know, it's interesting what God says when he greets him there. He says, but not in a harsh voice, he says, Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah says, God, I'm done. I've, I've, I've had it, I'm exhausted. And God's response is this, Elijah, I'm not done yet with you. Go back the way you came. There is more for you to do, and I will guide you in it. And he gives him directions, and, and one of the things that he provides him is a, an understudy, a helper. And his name, similar to Elijah, is Elisha the next prophet that would replace this great man of God. Jesus, back in Matthew, said this, Go and make disciples, and I will be with you always. I, the living God, the one who rose from the dead, who has forgiven your sins, who reigns at the right hand of the Father, will be with you always to the very end of the age. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is with you today? If so, then God says to you, as he says to me, there is no reason for you to be afraid. Keep your eyes on me. Follow me. And though it may be a storm around you, if you keep your eyes on me, it will be well. In Jesus, you may suffer and, and even die. But God says there's no need to fear. The Lord is with you wherever you go. I mentioned that pastor in Bangladesh uh, who had been kidnapped while serving the Rohingya refugees who had fled from, uh, from Myanmar into the fringes of Bangladesh because they'd been chased out by the government of Myanmar. You know, he hasn't been seen since January of 2020, and most people think that he's been killed and he's in heaven. But here is what he answered to when asked whether he was afraid before he was kidnapped and when he was preaching Jesus in these refugee camps. His answer was this, no, no, I'm not afraid. If I had been afraid, I would have stopped sharing my faith a long time ago. And he did not stop sharing. And we don't know where he is, but I know that I will see him one day. And God knows where he is. And he could be with the Father right now. Wherever he is, he is safely in the arms of Jesus Christ. I'll leave you with Psalm 46 where it says this, God is our refuge, God is our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and even the mountains crumble into the sea. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you that you are in control of, of all things. You are not fearful of anything in your creation. Why would you be? You have created all things. 
And thank you, Lord Jesus, that you promise to be with us always to the very end of the age. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you dwell within us and that you guide us and lead us and fill us with exactly what we need for this journey we are on. We entrust our lives to you today. We pray for strength and for goodness and for love and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you today. Have an awesome week.